Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Management Decisions, where we speak with expert guests on a variety of business management and recruiting topics. On today's show, we're discussing the topic of managing millennials. Now, there's been a lot of buzz about millennials lately, as they're becoming a significant part of the American workforce. So what sets millennials apart from their more mature counterparts, and how can managers work effectively with their young employees? So to learn more about this topic, we're talking today with Jenna Atkinson. Jenna is a professional speaker and president of Jenna Atkinson Consulting, which is a company that helps emerging leaders reach their next level in their career. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jenna. Yes, thanks for having me. To start off, since some of our listeners may not be familiar with the term millennial, or maybe they've heard it, but they don't know um, the exact definition, how would you define the word millennial? Well, the definition varies slightly depending on which source you're looking at or who you ask, but generally millennials are anyone born between the years of 1981 and 1996. So they're between the ages of approximately 18 and 33. And they've been really widely covered in the media lately because they're the largest generation just numbers-wise since the baby boomers with over 80 million millennials in the U.S. alone. Wow. So I would imagine that would play into why millennials are so important to the workforce is just the sheer number of them. Why would you say, in addition to that, that it is important for companies to understand how to manage millennials? Yeah, I think it's critically important for companies and and employers to understand how to manage millennials for many reasons. But really, like you said, the first comes down just to simple math. And according to the 2014 Deloitte Millennial Survey that came out this year, Generation Y or millennials will comprise 75% of the global workforce by 2025, which is crazy. And data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics showed that in 2012, there are approximately 60 million baby boomers in the U.S. workforce, but only 50 million Generation Xers. So like you said, it doesn't take a math whiz to see that in a few short years here, when those baby boomers start to retire, there'll be about a 10 million worker deficit that will need to be filled by millennials. So they'll need to be equipped to take critical roles and leadership roles in organizations sooner than any other generation in history. So really love us or hate us, mm-hmm. businesses are going to need us. And that's, and the ones that embrace that fact are the ones who will recruit and retain top talent that will set them up for future success. So for maybe managers or hiring managers who are listening, who are interested in recruiting more millennials, What would you say that they should understand as far as how millennials work differently than the generations who came before them? I think one of the big things that's different about millennials when it comes to work is their attitude towards work-life balance. And for our parents and grandparents, the mentality was always work hard for your company and they'll take care of you. And once you put in your, you know, 30 or 40 years, you'll have a comfortable retirement. And Mm -hmm. Now that unspoken contract between employers and employees doesn't really exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, There isn't really a such thing as job security or a guaranteed retirement with a pension or great benefits. And because of that, I think younger people are putting a bigger emphasis on enjoying the ride and not waiting until retirement to do the things that are important to them. So they like to work for organizations that give their life more meaning and purpose and not just that paycheck. So they really value companies that understand there is more to life than putting in, you know, 80 hours a week and 
that being well-rounded not only makes you a better person, but a better, more productive employee as well. In one of your articles that I read on millennials, you did mention a few different things that millennials want in terms of their careers. So I wanted to kind of explore each one and look at them more closely. The first one you had listed was continued professional development. So why would you say that continued professional development is important to millennials in particular? Well, I think continued development and education is important to anyone. However, I think it's really a priority for millennials because they've been the most formally educated generation in history from literally age three or four to their early and even mid-20s. Most millennials have had structured education and learning. And oftentimes when they get into the workplace, that formal education stops and they're left to kind of look for ways to grow professionally on their own. So if an organization can help make that education and development process readily available, not only are they creating a stronger asset for their company and that employee, they're also increasing the time that that employee is probably likely to stay with their organization. Could you give us some examples, of speaking of this professional development, some examples of maybe professional development or training that millennials would like to see in their companies? I think this one can really be all over the board, and it's tough to make a blanket statement about this one. But in my experience, what I've seen is that many millennials have really great technical skills because of that formal education. They're great accountants, attorneys, financial advisors, working with clients, whatever it is, but they need help with more of the soft skills. So that's actually one of the reasons I started Jenna Atkinson Consulting, because I work with organizations to build training programs for their emerging leaders to be great at things like personal branding, networking, asking for referrals, public speaking, and goal setting, to name a few examples. And these skills are really important in any field for success. So younger employees really look for ways to strengthen those abilities and look to their organization to help them do that. And you had mentioned that the technology savvy might be a benefit that companies can expect to see from their millennial employees. Is there any other benefits or advantages that companies will see if they continue to provide this professional development for millennials? Yeah, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think one thing is that increased loyalty to the organization. There's been research that shows the average millennial stays with one organization for only on average about two years. But if the company can provide added benefits, including this ongoing training and making investments in their staff's professional development, I think younger employees are more likely to stay with that organization even for a little bit longer. Will they stay with your organization their whole career? Still probably not, but there's a great cartoon I've seen that has two executives talking and one says, what happens if we train them and they leave? And the other one says, well, what happens if we don't and they stay? So what it comes down to is the fact that going forward, it will be very unlikely for a person to stay with one company or even two or three for their entire career. But the organizations that provide that training and support their staff while they're with the company will get the most effective and loyal employees. And you had mentioned this earlier about how millennials like to be involved right now, how they're not waiting until retirement to get into meaningful activities, things that have a purpose and things that are important to them. And so the next thing you had mentioned was that positive social impact is really important for millennials. So I was wondering if you had seen any studies or maybe statistics that support the idea that millennials value having that positive social impact in their community. 
There have actually been several studies as well as a lot of just anecdotal examples that support this idea. The first one is the 2014 Deloitte Millennial Survey that I referenced earlier. And in that survey, they found that 63% of millennial respondents donated to charities that year, 43% actively volunteered or were a member of a community organization, and 52% signed petitions to support local causes. So we're always looking for a way to be part of organizations that also value making a positive social impact. Another one was the Harvard Business Review recently published an article that said millennials consistently cite social impact as one of the most important roles of businesses. 67% of millennials agree that their investment decisions are a way to express their social, political, and environmental values as well, which I think really shows a lot. So I think it's really clear to see that some of the most successful companies right now have really big public ties to social causes and giving back. A really great example just recently is how Facebook and Google have taken a strong stance on Ebola and have made huge financial contributions to help stop that epidemic and are trying to get more people involved with that cause as well. In your opinion, why would you say that social impact is so important to millennials? Or is it maybe just the fact that we have more technology, we're more connected, And so it seems that we're more into the social impact than previous generations. I think technology definitely has a lot to do with it and that technology is making the world a smaller place. So we're more aware of things going on across the globe and not just what's happening next door. But Mm -hmm. I think this also goes back a little bit about what I said about work-life balance and how that's important. We're talking about the generation here that coined the phrase YOLO or (laughs) you only live once. So to them, success is measured by much more than just your financial statements and how much money you have in your bank account. They want to know what they're personally doing and also what the organization they work for and spend a majority of their time helping is making a positive impact on the world as well. And so you had mentioned the the work-life balance and how that's important. And the next thing you had mentioned in your article was the flexible work schedule. I was wondering, since this sometimes plays into the stereotypes that millennials maybe don't want to work as hard or as much as the other generations, why do you think this stereotype exists? Yeah, that's a great question and one that I get asked a lot and even get asked by my own parents sometimes. (laughs) So I think past generations have a really specific idea of what, quote, working hard look like or looks like for them. It meant you know, getting to work at seven or eight in the morning and leaving at five or six at night. And then that was your work day. And you do the same thing Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Now with advances in technology, employees can be responding to emails or working on projects at literally any hour of the day. Personally, I hate mornings, but mm-hmm. some days I can be working on projects until one or two in the morning because that's when I'm the most focused and that's what works for me and my schedule. I think employers need to be flexible with the idea that younger employees are willing to put in the work and the time to get projects done effectively and in a timely manner by the deadlines they want them to, but maybe not during that eight to five standard workday. I mean, if I want to go to the gym or get a run in during the afternoon, maybe that helps me be more focused and get work done more efficiently and better than if I sat at my desk all day. So to me, organizations should be focused on results and final deliverables, not just how many hours per week an employee is locked to their desk during that eight to five block. And what would you say caused the shift in previous generations believing, you know, that you stay at your desk for so many hours and then you go home and it's done? 
Besides the technology, is there anything else that maybe led to why millennials would value this flexible work schedule so much? Yeah, that's actually interesting because there's a Price Waterhouse Coopers 2013 Global Generational Study, and they kind of asked about this topic of the flexible work schedule. And 64% of millennials would like to occasionally work from home, and 66% said they would like to be able to adjust their work hours. And what was surprising about that was not that those high number of millennials said that, but also the same study found that a significant number of employees from all generations across the board were also interested in moving to a more flexible work schedule and were actually even willing to give up pay and delay promotions in order to get it. So Hmm. I don't necessarily think that it's an idea that is specific to millennials. I just think now we're getting to the point with technology that we're actually able to make it happen in organizations and make it a possibility. And so we're actually the first generation that's asking for it and can still deliver results. And I think other generations are following suit. And that's interesting that although we're the youngest generation, we're leading in this area. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like I said, it's just a matter of time before that's going to be the norm and not the exception to the rule for organizations. So we covered a few of the stereotypes that are common. Were there any that we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention of different stereotypes that apply to millennial workers in particular? I think the biggest one and one that people are familiar with, it's been on the cover of Time magazine twice now, is kind of that millennials are the me, me, me generation or the Mm -hmm. selfie generation, and they're kind of self-absorbed. And really, I think it's actually the opposite. I think that perception comes from the fact that our parents always told us, you know, you can do anything, you're the best, you get a participation award, whether you're, you know, Mm -hmm. the best one on the field or the worst one on the field. So we have that self-confidence, but really kind of like we talked about earlier, we're more aware of what's going on in the world as far as social causes and finding ways to give back than any other generation has before. So it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, we might have more you know, selfies of ourselves out on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is than anyone else, but we're also finding more ways to give back and make a positive impact on other people's lives and causes as well. And speaking of a positive impact, we know that not just millennials, but people from any generation are making important contributions to the workplace. Why would you say that the collaboration of several generations is essential to a company's overall success? So for the first time in history, organizations are going to have four different generations working together at the same time. And they all bring different strengths and they all bring different insights. And when they all have that synergy and open communication and everyone is bringing their input, that's when organizations will have the most success. They'll have that experience factor. They'll have that new you know, technology insight. They'll have all the different strengths that people have coming together for the good of the organization. And that's where that key point is for success. Great. So we are actually running a little bit short on time, but I wanted to give you the floor for the last 30 seconds or a minute or so, just to give any final words of advice on this topic, maybe for managers who are working with millennials or are hiring millennials, what final message would you want to give on this topic? I think the most important thing for executives or managers is just to have an open mind and really try new things, be flexible. Employees' values are changing in work environments and businesses should reflect and need to reflect that change. 
every person, regardless of what generation they're from, has preferences when it comes to how they do their work and how they can effectively achieve results. And the organizations that are flexible with that and flexible with how people do their job and play to each person's strengths will be the ones that will be the most successful in the future, bottom line wise, and with recruiting and retaining top talent for the future. And with that final bit of advice, we will wrap up the show today. You've been listening to Management Decisions with today's guest, Jenna Adkinson. Thanks again for joining me today, Jenna. Thank you. And as always, we love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. If you have a suggestion of another subject to cover on the show, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, wishing you the best insight and strategy as you make your next management decisions.